solar states. Gather round the cauldron for another episode of Good Witch, Bad Witch. Which witch are you? The witches explore surprising origin stories of your favorite songs this week. Tune in with your ears and listen with your heart. And now, Daryl, Lisa, and Shelly. So, that time of day again, or that time of the week, or what time is it? What time is it? It's Witchy Wednesday, folks, when I get to hang out with two of my favorite witches, and I mean my favorite witches by that, but uh, over here to the uh, left, I have your bad witch, Miss Lisa Brown. Hello! Hey! I said hello for you. Hi! Hi! And over here we have our ventriloquist witch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a terrible ventriloquist. Hi, Lily Ho. Miss Shelley Majors, and I am your man witch, and you have joined Good Witch, Bad Witch today on this Wednesday, and we are going to be talking about songs with meaning. Not Mm. just because it's a song, but there's a story behind the song. Mm -hmm. And Shells came up with this uh, a couple weeks ago. We were were here talking, and she came up with a, a cute little story. I kind of just fed off of that and ran with it a little bit and thought of this episode. So let's. Uh, so what was your story, Shell? So uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we recorded the brothers episode with my brothers for the summer of Sibs, um, one of the songs that I wanted to be the title was "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother." And when I was looking that up, uh, I found some backstory, and the backstory is really interesting and sad and poignant. But here's the deal with it. So it was written, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. We've all heard it. It's written by two fellas named Bobby Scott and Bob Russell, and it became a hit for the Hollies in 1969. And then Neil Diamond got famous with it the following year, and so did singer-producer Kelly Gordon. Can you Kel- sing a little bit of it? Um, I, can, I really can't. Okay. You know it. He ain't heavy, he's, he's my, my brother. brother. I'm, I'm sure it might okay. be in the episode at some point, but everybody's <laughs> yeah. heard it. But um, it's one of the world's most famous ballads, and it's all the more poignant because it, when it was um, written, that Bob Russell, one of the co-writers, actually was dying of lymphoma. But what it means is, and let me pull this up because I wasn't exactly ready. The point of the whole deal is, okay, so the legend goes that around 1918, there was an orphanage, and this little boy was carrying another little boy who had polio and wore leg braces, and he was carrying him up some stairs. Um, so the orphanage, it was run by, it was a Christian deal or what have you, and the Father Edward Flanagan saw this boy carrying another boy, and he asked him, he said, is carrying him hard? And the boy replied, he ain't heavy, Father, he's my brother. So, anyway, it's very sweet. <laughs> Did we bring it. tissues down? I no. guess. But it's really sweet. But it, it just the point, of course, is that um, the load is always less heavy if you're doing it with love or if you care about something. So, anyway, everybody just stop crying. <laughs> and we're going to talk about songs that mean shit to us. Right. So, what's weird? Can I just say something? Yes, please. What's weird about that song? And this, you know, I remember it as a young, young lad, mm-hmm. <laughs> a young kid. I always thought it was about a Vietnam vet. Oh, that would have been or, a good one, too, you know, but I bet it could have been used in that regard in that time yeah, frame, for sure. In my mind, when I was a kid, I could have sworn it was about two, a soldier or something taking care of another soldier. Maybe oh, it was the video. Yeah, maybe. I don't I'm know. Just but kidding. There was no maybe. videos around when Daryl was a kid. I'm all... Huh? Well, yeah. there was videos, but there wasn't MTV. Not, not that classy of a video. No, no. they were yeah. probably like but in yeah. front of the Ed Sullivan show or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you call. guys have any like favorite, like like a song that really just means something to you? And if so, does it have a meaning behind it? Oof, gosh. Yes. Um, 
Well, I mean, it, the reason that it means something to me, I, I guess I didn't actually look up the origins, which I should, and we'll put it in the, the Patreon. But, you know, our good friend Colleen died almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be 10 years in October. <clears throat> and her favorite song was Don't Be Shy by Cat Stevens. And so much so that she did a video with it, dancing around her luscious backyard. And then we also, our friend Sheila, set up a flash mob when um, Colleen was very, very sick. And we all danced in the park and surprised her. And that was set up with her uh, husband at the time and his sons and Sheila. And there were a hundred of us. I mean, there was tons of us. And you guys were... Um, eventually there too after you found parking <laughs> but um, anyway I have it on my playlist and do you guys do this thing where if a song reminds you of somebody that um, you just have to be in the right mood absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so it's like there'll be times where it's like I need to set everything aside and think about her and feel her positive energy and do all that stuff when I hear this song and sometimes I'm not in that place mm-hmm. so I skip it. it yeah, yeah I just skip too. it yeah. I'll be, I'll be yeah. back to you later yeah yeah because yeah, I feel yeah. like it deserves my full attention me too mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like I can't do this right now yes yeah yeah um, so that's mine mine is uh, a Melissa Etheridge song that we played at our wedding and it's uh yes I am and the the words to that it describes me and my wife to a T. We even were at one of her shows one time, and she came out and sang it. We were bawling oh. our eyes out and everything. And the funny thing was, I was one of the only other men in the in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, our friends that we went with were looking at us, and they're like, "Are you guys okay?" And we're like, "We're perfect. This is the best." And they're like, "Don't look so good." <laughs> Can I tell the funny part of that song sure. though? Yeah. So uh, the song is called Yes I Am. Mm-hmm. In the lyrics it Not says Not same I am. No. <laughs> it says I am your passion, your promise, your end. Your END, your end. Mm-hmm. I'm the end because I am your everything, right? Right. Well, Daryl was singing it to me one time and this is years <laughs> after this was our wedding song. This is our song, this and that and he's singing I am your passion, your promise, your am. And I was like, I'm sorry, uh, I'm your what? He goes, you're my am. I go, what? He goes, am. Yes, I am. I am your am. And I said, what does that even mean? He goes, I just mean, it means like I'm your everything. And I said, well, that's very sweet, but those aren't the lyrics. It's (laughs) I'm your end Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so anyways, we, so our joke from here on out or whatever, our thing that we say to each other is always, you are my am. Mm -hmm. So that works too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really, in the context. I am your am. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really like grammatically make sense, <laughs> yes. but it, it for us it works. So I thought and it was it's perfect for you guys that uh, there's always a funny twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can never just be normal. Um, We're not end. Up leave like my a end goose. out of it. Yeah, exactly. Leave yeah. my end out of it. Um, <laughs> just a, a quickie before you do yeah. yours, Lise. Uh, looking at the background of "Don't Be Shy," um, it, the point of it, according to Cat Stevens, was um, people weren't being honest about their emotions or. individualism because they were afraid of being ridiculed or misunderstood by others. So it's like, don't be shy, just let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish Dance like nobody's watching. That's right. (laughs) Dance like you're not wearing underwear. (laughs) Yes. Um, I really wish we could find those videos. I know. I wonder... Maybe someone should ask us someone. Yes, I think we will. Put it on my list. I mean me. (laughs) I have the hiccups. Okay. Mine is also, I guess, my um, song that means the most to me is The Long Road by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. And I actually have it written down. I didn't just say that because yours was so cute and endearing. 
Um, but that was the song that we walked down the aisle to at our wedding. In Talk stuff, about so. sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, well, can you say some of the words? Um, it's basically, <laughs> I've waited we so love the long. Song so I, much, have, I have longed for you this day. Is yeah, that what he so says? It's like, um, oh, uh, uh, the best part about it was, was the day that we of our wedding, it started to rain. It was on 4th of July, which mm, yeah. hardly ever there's rain. I know there was this year, but there hardly is ever rain on 4th of July. But there's a verse in the song that says, and in in the sun, her name will rise. It's a, it says, the wind keeps turning and the sky keeps turning gray, but the sun will set and the sun will rise, rise another day in her name. name. Yeah. yeah, and right then, the sun came out at our wedding. Yeah, right, right on us. Said that. Yeah. And oh. we were like... You guys gave me the lip quiver. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It was super cool. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> of course, that means a lot to me. Also, um, just a little honorable mention, my favorite song all in all the world is um, Sleeping Satellite by Tasman Archer. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason behind it, other than the fact that she just has a kick-ass voice. It's your show and you do what you want. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's I just great. wanted to say that. Tasman Archer, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Unpaid just like it's sponsor. the only uh, song that ever got popular by her, mm-hmm. but her voice is uh, phenomenal. That's saying a lot coming mm-hmm. from the Bad Witch. Oh, wow. Thanks. Those are a lot of really good, meaningful songs. Yep. I, I kind of stepped on your dick a little bit on yours. Were you good with Long I'm good. Road? Yeah, I don't have Yeah, any. I was yeah. just agreeing heartily and enthusiastically. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, speaking of like songs, I played uh, Don't Follow by uh, Alice in Chains for John's song for. Uh, um, his funeral. Yeah. And it's uh, Jerry Cantrell actually wrote the song about Lane Staley. Mm, so Even before he passed before away. Before he passed, yeah. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's seen what he, how he was struggling with life and everything like that. But, but yeah, so I'll, I'll play that one. It's one of those, uh, and guys, you can cry. <laughs> but if I, I feel like I just need to, to really feel him today and mm-hmm. stuff, I put that on. I slap some headphones on and go, with some, go away someplace and just jam that song so. yeah but yeah so they uh, i think what's interesting about what we're saying about all of this of course everybody has songs that are meaningful to them for different reasons but it's cool to see the backstory of the the songwriters why it was meaningful to them right yeah exactly yeah. so, so which will bring us to, yes and that will bring us to our next segment <laughs> which will be um what some of the songwriters the yep. meaning behind their songs i call it the musical meat the musical meat Ooh. of the episode did anybody so, pick any meatloaf <laughs> no, that would have been great. Oh, that would have been. Meat. But I don't think Meatloaf had like really like. I mean, well, maybe. What was they the dashboard all, lights? You know, they were all kind of obvious. Yeah. I don't know yeah, that there's a deep. You, didn't, yeah, right. you didn't have to really think about it. I would yeah. do anything for love. Yeah, but then he what won't would he do, do that. What What would he do? I don't he know what he diet? would do. <laughs> but no, he no. Wait, what? He it says cheat. it in there. It's in the song. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh, yeah, we we'll have, have to, to do some to research. Yeah. No, because I think that there's a long play version, uh-huh. and it goes into all of the things that he won't do. I think I it's ha- butt stuff. Wow. I, th- <laughs> yeah, I, it I is. think it is that. I mean, isn't that everyone, though, for the most part? I don't know. There's a line. And, right. we, right. and you do what you like. Right. I needed do the money. Like. I don't judge. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Okay. We're coming back with some meat. No right. Musical me. Musical me. Meat in a minute. No loaf. She said, you don't know it, boy, but you just blew it. And I said, well, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. That's my story. Oh, that's my story. Well, I ain't got a witness and I can't prove it, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Breaking news. Welcome back, witches. Uh, We found out through our various news outlets via Google 
uh, what Meatloaf won't do when he said he would do anything for love, but he won't do that. So Lisa reminded me it's a back and forth duet with a, a lady with a nice voice. And she said, you're going to lift me up. He said, yeah, I'll do that. And she's like, you'll never let me down. And he's like, no, will you help me down? Will you get me right out of this godforsaken town? And he's like, heck yeah, I will. <laughs> and then she said, pretty soon you'll be screwing around. He said, nope. I won't do that. That in particular, I will not do. Yep. So Meatloaf won't cheat. No. And you heard it here first. He's not cheating meat, no. I tell you. I liked him. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Perfect. Soul. Now we know. Yep. So yeah. for the meat of the program, um, as we discussed in the intro, we are going to talk about some background of some songs that you thought might be about one thing, but they're actually about something else. We got the songwriter's uh, background, and Daryl was the most um, prolific this week in doing his research and coming out with good material, so we're going to let him go first. Well, look at me. Look at, look you. at you. Yeah. Ass kisser. I know. <laughs> Teacher's so, bet. I was just uh, yeah, going to say right. that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> freaking Horshack. So this one's a, a one I had no idea what it was about. I've got a couple. But I, this one here i got to throw in there. I wasn't going to, but I, I, I'll throw it in. But uh, the song Jump by Van Halen. Might as well. Um, lead singer David Lee Roth reported, reported, wrote the song based on a news report he had seen about a man, a suicidal man, threatening to jump and end his life. Oh, says, as the story goes, Roth was driving about driving around the Los Angeles Canyons, his roadie Larry Hostler trying to find lyrics to a tune when he joked about the news story. Roth said that there must be at least one onlooker. <laughs> of, one onlooker of seeing this guy do that. So, uh -huh. Who just tells this guy, go ahead and jump. You know? Yeah. But there's always probably that one asshole, you know, that people are going, oh, don't do it. And there's probably, the, like you said, the one guy that says, right. go ahead and jump. So that's that's where the origin of jump comes from. Interesting. I think that was very, very... Who would have thought? It's such a happy-go-lucky yeah, song. It's so uppy. They're just like, a real jump. And they're all <laughs> smiling and everything in the video. Yeah, and he Doing does that herpes. backwards flip jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But, um... It's not literally about jumping. It's no. about... A suicide attempt from a building. A suicide attempt that he had heard on the she radio. Was. Yes. And so that's, that's a, wow, I was like, well, well thanks for who putting a happy spin on it. Yeah. Who, who knew Dave had such deep thoughts? I guess. There. But uh, are we gonna Dave. are we gonna say all of ours? Or are we gonna like go? Should we go? No, around? we go around. Let's okay, go let's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's Like get the wheels one. on the bus. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so yeah, I thought that one was very interesting. Okay, we're gonna go counterclockwise. Perfect. Okay, okay. so uh, I'm gonna go famous, not famous, famous. Okay. So, Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. Not only mm -hmm. is it a punchline to a hilarious joke, ask Brian about it later. Okay. But it turns out her infamous Poker Face was, everybody thought it was for a male lover of hers. Well, it kind of was. So she wore the poker face, she says, while she was having sex with him because she was actually thinking of women while she was doing the deed. Hmm. A fact she kept quiet at the time. This makes sense, particularly when you think about the lines, no, he can't read my poker face. She's, she's got me like nobody. Oh. Hmm. Ma, 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 I like a girl. Poker face. Yep. And that is so interesting. Yeah. I didn't I like know that. that. Yep. And because people don't usually tell you who they're thinking about when they're when they're bopping you. No. But, but she, she did. Great. She came now out. I'm gonna be like. Hmm. <laughs> Daryl's like she's thinking about like Lady Gaga. In Texas Hold'em or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got me like nobody. Next. <laughs> that is crazy. Okay, so I'm yeah, sorry. You I'm, threw Lisa for a loop. I'm there. I didn't mean to. Wow. Okay. Now she's thinking. Hmm. 
So my mine comes directly from the source. I heard it actually from right from the cat's mouth. From the cat's mouth. No. From the uh, author of the song. Oh. Okay. So um, Sarah McLaughlin mm-hmm. told oh, yeah. me at a concert I just happened to be in the audience of. <laughs> so she was telling everybody really, but let's just pretend like she was talking to me. Straight up. Talking so we to you. went to this amazing concert at um, Betcher Concert Hall cool. with Sarah McLaughlin. We, we decided to go last minute. We had insane, amazing tickets. And she explained all of her songs before she sang them. And the one that stood out to me was I had always thought the song Adia mm-hmm. um, was I was I was I knew that Sarah was um, was heterosexual. I knew that she had been married and this and that and stuff. But the name Adia and that she had she had talked to her as she was a woman because it says Adia. I do believe I failed you, um, Adia. I know I let you down. I know I tried so hard to love you in my way. It's easy. Let it go. And I thought it was a song about a lover that's, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. So I just kind of thought that that was not true. Nope. It was nope, about nope. one of those pound puppies, wasn't it? It was not. <laughs> it was, she, she rescued a dog. I was no, just, just kidding. Yeah, on um, that commercial. No, yeah. Nailed Ad- it. Adia was her best friend mm-hmm. and Sarah um, slept with her husband, her husband, <gasps> oh. Adia's best friend, and then married him because oh. she, she broke took them him up. Her. Yes, she took him from her and um, and ended up marrying the gentleman. That's amazing. She's that, real sorry. I that love was, that song. Yes, it, it was really deep. Yeah, yeah. And are they still friends? They weren't for a very long time. She is now lo- no longer married to the gentleman. Um, and her and Adia are friends again. Oh. But the second verse says, Adia, I'm empty since you left me, trying to find a way to carry on. I searched myself and everyone to see what, where we went wrong. There's no one left to finger. There's no one here to blame. There's no one left That's to talk tough. to, honey. And there ain't no one to buy our innocence. Because we are born innocent. Believe me, Adia, we are still innocent. It's easy. We all falter. But does it matter? Wow. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. When you bang my husband. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know, so that was her way of apologizing. The only way that she knew how to. Yes. Through song. Was through song. Mm -hmm. And I love that song. It's so funny, though, that she says, and there's no one else to blame. No, No, it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Both of you, too. (laughs) Look in the mirror. But what a a great backstory. Yeah. I thought that that was a great one. Something else really cool about that night I thought was very romantic was we did something we had never done before. (laughs) We took the train into the city. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and yeah. Urbanite. we and something else we never did before. We actually sold our Avalanche tickets for that night to go to that concert. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was going to say stuff. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but not having to park makes you amorous. Oh, it was yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, it was actually really. I mean, I was so excited. Freedom. It was really cool. Yeah. Were you living here when it happened? No, we, no, we still lived at the old did house. We? Yeah, okay. we drove to the bus or the train station uh, off of Pecos. Oh, okay. oh wow, yeah. good for I mean, you guys. It was really cool and exciting. Yeah, we went down, didn't we? We did have dinner. I think so, yeah. yeah. And then we went. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what a date night. And then yeah. you both yeah. ended up coming home with the same spouse you left with. Yeah, yeah and it, did butt stuff. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay! With, with meatloaf. <laughs> and we kind of had a train easy. sound at the end, too. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was mine. Good one. Okay, I'm going to do my next one, It's and then I'll save my, my powerful one for the end. Okay. You know? Okay, but, give us uh, your shitty one now. Yeah. This one is a song called God Am, and it's by Alice in Chains. And uh, the song was 
uh, is about Lane Staley's frustration with having faith in God. He doesn't deny the existence of a higher power, but questions whether God really cares about anything or anybody's existence. It's an incredible song, probably one of my most favorite Alice in Chains songs. There Do is. I know it? Can you hum a few bars? Um, I can't. But, but yeah, I'll yeah. play it for you during the during the break. I but would love that. The guitar in it is just haunting. It's so just. But it he he. Uh, the funniest part of this one part it opens up. It says, "Sure, God's all powerful, but does he have lips?" <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I wish well, I was on drugs. <laughs> and the thing, no, the thing of it is, you have to listen to the song because you, there's somebody taking a pull off of a bong if oh, you're the bubbling water, and he's like, obviously. "Yeah." But no, I just. It's such a beautiful song. But yeah, go. they were great songwriters, and I am excited well, to hear that. Some of the best songwriters, I believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're agreeing. Yeah. Uh, Don't we, fight with me. We are. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me go into fisticuffs. Yeah. All right, so this is my bummer one. Okay. Um, well, I guess we're kind of all bummers, but... Um, <laughs> So I don't know if you guys ever heard this song, but you guys have seen Watership Down, right? Mm -hmm. The original Rabbit movie. We saw it several times together, I think, yeah. when we were children. Well, there's a remake now on Netflix. Um, but the deal in the 70s version, there was this song called Bright Eyes, and it was about one of the rabbits. And, you know, there's construction and man, and, and basically the movie is about rabbits having a thousand enemies. And it's a song about death. So... Laugh at that if you like, but it's really beautiful. So this guy, Mike Bott, wrote it for Simon and Garfunkel, and it became a number one hit in the 70s, and it was on the soundtrack of Watership Down. So anyway, he wrote it about death, and it ended up sounding kind of like a really sweet love story. Again, Is maybe for a lost comrade or a, or a brother or a loved one. So anyway, listen to Bright Eyes. It's, that, you do a couple of bars of it. Bright eyes. I can't. It's turn too high. Turn yourself around. Or nope, nope. That's, that's turn around. Bright eyes. Oh. <laughs> uh, but this one is sung by a man, and we'll we'll throw some bars yeah, on the yep. on the Facebook page or something. But it's really really beautiful and really sweet. Of course, Simon and Garfunkel do everything really well. But it sounds like a love song or maybe something you'd walk down the aisle to or or sing to someone that you've lost. And it's it's about a dead rabbit. Oh yeah. Well okay. There you go. That's uh, I like that. That's, okay. Yep. And you talked about wabbits. Yep. I like wabbits. <laughs> no more bullets. <laughs> <laughs> so mine again also is a um, is a, is a sad one, but I think that most uh, songwriters I think, I think are songs that actually mean something are the sad ones. Right. Probably. You yeah. know? Right. Like I'm too sexy. Not a deep <laughs> meaning. Probably. I didn't look it up, but no. I think it just is it face That's value. That's that narcissistic song. That's yeah, narcissistic. That we used a couple weeks ago. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so my sorry, <laughs> mine is um, a song by Tori Amos that's called "Me and a Gun," Ooh. and um, it was completely done a cappella. Mm -hmm. It was, um, I think, the last track on Little Earthquakes, if I'm not mistaken. Don't I, I didn't right. look that up, but um, the lyrics say. Um, it was me and a gun and a man on my back, and I sang holy, holy as he buttoned down his pants. You can laugh. It's kind of funny. The things you think of at times like these, like I haven't seen Barbados, so I must get out of this. Yes, I wore a slinky red thing. Does that mean I should spread for you, your friends? So um, this was wow. what had <laughs> happened was um, she was at a club doing a, um, a acoustic thing, mm -hmm. uh, 
when she was 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she still wasn't famous yet or whatever. She was only 21. And when she was leaving, one of the patrons of the bar um, asked her for a ride home and he raped her. And so that was, yeah. And so that was her way of being able to get all of that out. Mm. And to have control of the situation afterwards. Yeah. And she said that when she wrote it, she didn't want it with any music or anything because it was just powerful in her words or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but it was, I mean, I think that the part where it does say, you know, you get yourself through things like because... I haven't seen Barbados, you know, and stuff. I have to get out of this. I have to, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do to be able to make that dream come true. And I thought that was really, really poignant and very, um, just, just really empowering empowering and and powerful. You know, the thing of it too is, uh, that guy is going to hear that song. And be it'll show what a douchebag he really was. Yeah, like, hopefully you know? he's in jail. Dead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or dead, either or. Um, and my because people like that—that's not a one-off, right? And my source or was maybe myself. he'll get off by the fact that she wrote a song about him. No, let's hope not. You, know, you never know. Weirdos. No, we're, yeah, mm-hmm. um, my source is myself and Wikipedia. Okay. So. Um, thank you for sending your sources. I haven't mm-hmm. been doing that. <laughs> so I, I remember when that came out. I was working at the music store. And uh, I think when we saw her live, when we were in the front row mm-hmm. at the theater, and she did it, and j- her eyes were just uh, boring into our soul. And at the time, it's just like, you know, we were beboppy teenagers and or young adults. And, um, and it was like, I don't know, we just kind of did, you're bringing me down or whatever. But then we did hear that it was a true story. Thank you for the actual legitimate backstory. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that, like you were saying, just empowers a lot of young women and men to... Um, to carry on and get through things, yeah, and report and uh, get yucky. Yeah, I think that she has, and I'm making this shit up, but I don't know why I think this. But she's since taken it off of her set list mm-hmm. and stuff. I think it's just too much for her. Which this, I think it oh, should I probably just be hers. That for sure. But Hopefully I do it remember served her well when she needed it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Thank you, Lisa, for that. I didn't know the exact scenario. Um, but that is a powerful one for sure. Yeah. And uh, yours truly is still regretting that I didn't go to that show because I was back then when I was uh, I boycotted Mrs. High Pitched. I screaming the piano gal. You didn't have an appreciation I for. I didn't Tori have an appreciation for her yeah. I, as, as I got older. Because yeah, we were in our twenties. We were yeah. in our early twenties then. Yep. And uh, you know, I just like, oh man, this gal, I can't take her. Can't take her. And I thought it was kind of funny because uh, Jason Brush, our friend, yeah. you know, he uh, he adored her. I mean, mm-hmm. he like, and I mean, he, we were driving in the, his truck one time, and he was singing at the freaking top of his lungs to her song. I'm like, oh come on, dude, give it a break. But as uh, as I got older, yeah, I, I started, especially after Brandy passed away, I really listened to a lot of the music that she listened to, like Tori Amos and Skinny Puppy and stuff like that. So I I, I finally got it. You yes. know, I got her. I got her music. So I to this day still. In, I'm bummed. Well, there you yeah. go. I missed a great yeah. show, but hey, Very let me learn, intense right? intense and powerful. Yeah, yes. you just got to be in the right place right time. Uh-huh. I will say that that's one of those shows that I remember almost every song, every whatever, A, because we were so close, mm-hmm. is one of less than five first front row shows that I've ever been to. But she was wearing, if memory serves, a swimsuit top, bell bottoms, and she could, and she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was standing up over the piano bench the whole time. I don't think she sat for five That's seconds. That's what I was going to say. And just pounding those keys. And Did she's intense. And it was, uh, 
God, it was a, almost a spiritual experience. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. phenomenal. phenomenal. I mean, that, I'm I like, can't did even she ever think of the brilliance. <laughs> I don't think she ever sat down. No, when she sits down, though, she, she grinds the, yeah, um, she the piano bench, <laughs> yeah. which is like erotic and very disturbing at the same time. Right. So, yeah, she did sit down because I remember her crotch being in my face. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, oh, hey, how are yeah. you doing, Miss Crotchety like, Crotch? <laughs> I'm like, are, are, are we married? <laughs> Could we sing a song about a Maybe, boat? Yeah. A little man in a boat. Right. Nice. <laughs> Row your boat, row your boat. <laughs> oh my good one, Lisa. That's that was my, fantastic. Those are my two. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, you go, then me go. I got one last one. This okay. one here, I think pretty much, maybe a lot of people know the backstory, but every time I hear this song, it's just like heart-wrenching, and it's uh, Wake Me Up When September's uh, Done. Oh, I when think you're going to say Wake Me Up before you go. go. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait. That one's pretty much face value. <laughs> We have been watching. Actually, we did watch We have been the, watching a lot of George uh, Michael's documentaries. Is it the anniversary? There's a bunch of women George Michael stuff going on it, right there now. Is, I don't know, is. but we. I love the them. The thing that's fun. Let me tell you the backstory. Hey, we'll get to I'm you. I'm sorry, but just because you, you said you guys it, yell at me. Wake me up before you go go. Um, George Michael wrote Andrew Ridgely a note, and he accidentally wrote. On it, wake me up before you go go. He could go twice, and then they wrote a song. They were in in high school, and he put it on the fridge because he wanted to leave when he left. Because he said he would always get up and leave. And he goes, Uh, "Wake me up before you go go." And he goes, "What is this? What's the meaning of this?" It's bonus content. That's what it is, guys. (laughs) But uh, so yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Back to back to seriousness now. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but uh, it's about uh, Billy Joe Armstrong's father passed away. In uh, September of 1982. Oh. And at the time, he was just a young lad of 10 years old. Oh, so no. when he, when his father passed away, he went in, locked himself in the room, and yelled through the door to his mother, wake me up when September's uh When it, September ends. When September ends, yeah. I believe that. That's so, so sad. To think at 10 years old... And so that's something he went back to, and still kind of maybe remembered then. You know that, but what a it's such a great song. I it mean, is, a, and also I think the the moral. I mean, the biggest thing we get out of that is that I never knew that Billy Joe Armstrong is the same age as me. Oh yeah, I thought uh-huh. he was way younger. Oh no, he was a, a young looking older fella. Yeah, he yeah. Is. and by older I mean our age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and what it, uh, you know how sometimes like the song I just described, the maybe the message doesn't match the music or whatever. Mm-hmm. The wake me up when September doesn't that sound mournful and longing and like grief? Yeah, it does. That's perfect. Well, I thought it was about nine eleven, so it just shows you. Well, yeah. Lot, that's, yeah. I, I just jot, jolted down what I, but a lot of people thought that seriously, that's what he wrote it for. Mm-hmm. And so people would be at their shows and have like 9 11, and oh, you remember. Wow. And he said, he finally is like, that's not even what it's about. But right. we could use it. Let's not make this candle in the wind part two. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it means uh, something different to everybody. But that's, it, yeah, that's what's so great that, about this show. That's what's beautiful about music, too. You can make it your own. Yeah. You know? And, and so I think that's, well, that's what they're there for. Well, you can kind of make any song be about you. Sure. You know, it's funny because I remember, you know, Tori Amos, I'm going Why just going back to her. Birds right. Suddenly <laughs> appear. But with Tori Amos, her, her song lyrics are so cryptic and weird. Yes. And all over the place. And I, re- I mean, she would say stuff, you know, um, why do we crucify ourselves? And it could be something totally different. And I'm like, it's about me being fat and me talking about, you know, like, and oh, you God. just make everything all about you, you know, that, and stuff. Yes. but that's the good thing about when, a good songwriter. Yeah. When that, that jagged little pill CD came out, 
Um, that's right as me and Lisa kind of had just first started dating and stuff, but she had just broken up with uh, her ex-boyfriend, Jay, and we were friends, fresh friends and stuff. Is that You and Jay were fresh no, friends? Yeah, yeah, that's why you guys broke up. I forgot to tell you, we were doing butt stuff on the side, and I made him Scandal. wake me up before he go-goes, and I said, hey, no. But, uh, Sorry. But no, uh, so... That I just remember, she got that. She got the cassette. She didn't even get the CD. She got the cassette because mm -hmm. her Camaro had a cassette thing. I had to listen to that song over and over, over, so she could get the right pitch, get mm -hmm. everything right. We walk into this karaoke show. She belts that out, and everybody goes, "Holy fuck!" Oh, because that wound was fresh. Mm -hmm. And I look over, and Jay's just like. <laughs> oh yeah, you wanted him to hear it. Oh yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. It was it was the best. But I I did I just remember that that first night you when I went with you and you sang that song. I'm like, holy shit! Let's remember this for a she, later show. We should do a whole episode of the best cheating songs or breakup oh, songs. Oh, that would be a good one, wouldn't too. it? Yeah, because that one was ex that was like the best of all time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was, oh my goodness, it, yeah. it was fun redemption for Lisa. Cool. Yeah, and I loved it. For yeah, her. yeah. Good for you. Oh, I bet you sang that like. An angel. I did. Like a scary-ass <laughs> revenge angel. Well, right. was, That's what they called me. It yes. was funny because later that night we went, because we always used to go back to Tom's apartment, and he goes, yeah, I, I see what you did there, Lisa. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Message received. Heard. Yeah. Yep. So when this episode comes out, it'll be a few days, maybe a week, before I go to that show. So Jagged Little Pill is coming in August. Did you guys That's end up getting yeah. tickets? We go what on the day? 20th. Okay, two days after me. Yeah. Cool oh, beans. Okay. All right, we'll give you guys a review later. Perfect. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. You ought to know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my last uh, background on a song, like the, the behind-the-scenes meaning, a little band, a couple of mop tops called the Beatles. Mm. Oh. B E A T L E S because of the, the pond beat. Guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <gasps> so John Lennon and Paul McCartney had an undoubtedly political agenda when it came to writing Blackbird. And I picked this one because our good friend uh, Mark, he did a cover of it, and it's amazing. Mark Sundermeyer, former guest. Yeah. And Blackbird's an awesome song. And probably, Blackbird's one of my favorite Beatles, Beatles songs. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. uh, but it turns out the beautiful acoustic track isn't about a bird in the strictest sense. It is about an African-American woman struggling against racial violence during the time of the Civil Rights Movement. Breaking down the line, take these broken wings and learn to fly, it was referring to potentially broken limbs and finding a way to escape this discrimination. Wow. Oh, man. Blackbird. Yeah. I will yes. give our source later because okay. I, um, I don't have it. Eddie Vedder redid that song, too. And he did does he? a great version. Because it was on... So Sam did Sarah McLaughlin. And he did Sam... It's on Sam... Not Sam I am. I That's so funny. There's, there, I could just go... I could just go on and on. But uh, with with you having your Beatles, I have to throw a little bit of stones in there. Okay. Mind, and then we'll be... Well, we'll I, go. I, I, you got another? I, no, I was just... Um, you want to do Eddie? Eddie was singing and you were talking in the middle of it and stuff. Eddie's always on our show, damn it. Good job, Eddie. Could we see your lyrics? Eddie Vedder's like, my writer is Schwartz from the, the what's his name? Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's teacher. You got it. So in the track, Sympathy for the Devil... Jagger introduces a socialite version of the devil who claims the responsibility for a number of historical tragedies, including Hundred Year War, Russian Revolution, World War II, and the assassination of JFK. 
That's right. One of their most powerful songs. I love it. That's right. I think that was one of the first incarnations that I can remember, and I didn't really get it till later, that they um, created the Satan or Beelzebub or whoever, the devil, as someone very like sexy and sophisticated and cosmopolitan and evil. And now everybody does that. You know, there's right. lots of TV oh, yeah. shows and mm-hmm. Lucifer and all mm-hmm. of that on it. But that was the first time I ever remember. It's like, well, no, that's the red guy with the with the cloven <laughs> hooves and all the right. thing. He makes ham. Yeah, makes ham. <laughs> Motherfucking ham. That's right. Nice. Good one, Daryl. Cool, okay. cool. Backstory. So, uh, go listen to some of these songs, folks. And uh, if they, you know, if you've never heard them and really listen to them, I'll throw another one there. Listen to Frogs by Alice in Chains. It'll blow your mind. Oh. Blackburn fly. Thank you, yeah. Lovely. Hi guys, welcome back, and we are going to do our What You Talking About. We kind of decided that we're just going to do a collaboration with all of us because we found out the day that we're recording today, which will be two weeks earlier than when you listen to this, but anyways, um, that uh, Shanae O'Connor died, and this is um, something that actually hit us kind of all in the gut, and um, because we were pretty... Daryl made me a fan. I mean, of course, everybody knows nothing compares to you the song that was written by prince that she um mastered Blasted out yeah i mean prince is a is a true phenomenon himself but uh he couldn't even sing that song the way that she did um but daryl made me a bigger fan because he was such a fan and i listened to her music over and over again and um just um a phenomenal songwriter and um, singer, and I just want to give respect to that because um, as a vocalist myself, she was one of the greats. So that's all I have to say, and I just wanted to say I hope that you're happier there than you were here, Shaneo, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Godspeed. Yeah, good props, Lise. Um, I just wanted to say, we already talked about this a little earlier, but you guys weren't there in the kitchen, so... Really, what a physically beautiful specimen, mm-hmm. and just a, a beautiful lady, for sure. But when she did that video, it's the first that I can ever think of that's just a close-up of someone's face the whole time, mm-hmm. and those are real tears coming down her face. She means that shit, and those beautiful Malamute blue eyes are just look so hurt and disturbed and i just can't remember hearing a song with so much feeling power and emotion at that age i mean we were teenagers 14 15 years old Mm -hmm. maybe and uh i didn't appreciate her voice and her uh, attitude and everything else until much later and brian kind of gave me an appreciation of her i didn't know that she uh i remember watching the actual saturday night live episode where she ripped up the picture of the pope and i think you know it stopped immediately they Mm -hmm. cut off the cameras and it was the first time i think that had ever happened and I was just like, oh, shock value. Oh, I shave my head. I do this. I do that. Well, she was protesting and standing up for what she believed in because it was when all of the um, allegations that turned out to be true about the Catholic Church and molestation and all these other things um, were happening. And good for her for having the balls to oh, yeah. to do that. And she was very... 
Um, she became a pariah, and nobody, I don't think she was hireable after that. I don't know if she did any television or much recording until much, much later. And I appreciate her standing up for herself. Of course, not all Catholics. Of course, not all Irish women. Of course, not all this, not all that. But she, as a young woman, had the, the balls to do that. And um, she took a big risk, and I think that's really cool. But her voice is one of the most haunting and romantic I've ever heard, and it's a big loss. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was <clears throat> very well put. Um like I say, your first uh, introduction to Sinead was that MTV video. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this lady is drop-dead gorgeous mm-hmm. and has a, the voice of an angel. Oddly enough, my buddy John, who had the weirdest taste in music, calls me up and he said, did you see that video with that chick with the bald head? And I go, yeah. He goes, freaking awesome, huh? <laughs> I, go, I go, it was incredible, yeah. But... um her music uh, helped me get through a lot of dark times in my life. You know, I was going through a, uh, a separation from my ex-wife and stuff, and there's a song that she does. It's called uh, Last Day of Our Acquaintance. Yes. And it's about, you know, I'll meet you later in somebody's office to, mm-hmm. to sign divorce papers and everything. And, oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I'm a sappy guy. Sorry, folks. And I do have feelings and tears and everything, but... I cried to that song probably a thousand times, and I did this morning. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's tough when you know anytime you go through any kind anything like that, it's a tough thing. But like I said, I take music and I use it as a uh, therapy. And so seeing today when I woke up, that was the first thing I seen that she had passed, and I thought, oh my God, I thank you for everything you helped me get through in my life. So rest in peace. That's right. Shout out to Sinead. Rest in peace, Shanine. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody, to this uh, inspiring and uplifting (laughs) episode of Deep Song Meanings and things that you thought were real, but they really mean something else. Uh, I want to say before we get to the Witch Witch Minute that at the very beginning of this, Daryl hardly ever brings in the show. And one of the things that has just happened in the last month or two is his cue to get us to talk is he'll give us, like, point a finger at us and do a little pop, like a well, uh, since he brought in this show today, he popped himself, and I forgot to <laughs> tell everybody and laugh at it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, me. Yeah, yeah. me. 
He pointed at himself. He's like, who's the Q guy? Where's my Q? Oh, it's me. Me, 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 pop. So that was really great. I take my job serious. (laughs) I keep myself in order as well. That's right. Perfect. Uh, While we're doing uh, things a little bit differently today, uh, Lisa requested to have the Witch Witch Minute. It seems like whenever we were doing the spinner, it always landed on me, and she's sick of hearing my voice. (laughs) So, And she's got something to say. So... And now, are you going to give me exactly a minute, or I'm just going to talk? Uh, you can give me a minute. Just let you yeah. run with it there, I'll set the alarm. You go yeah. ahead whenever you like. Okay. Um, so, the only what I wanted to say, I was thinking about it during our last segment, and I didn't want to step on the sadness toes. Um, but did you guys know that when... They did the thing at Saturday Night Live afterwards where everybody came out, you know, how they hug and all that stuff, that David Spade actually, they had had gotten all the pictures of the Pope and took them off stage. There was one little piece. David Spade actually picked it up and put it in his pocket. No. Smart man. Well, they were going to prosecute, because they saw it on the video and asked him if he had it. And he was like, yeah, I don't know, you know, and stuff. And was kind of like messing around like... He kind of didn't want to give it up because he knew that that would be a big deal. And they said that if he didn't give it back to them, that they were going to not only fire him, but prosecute like litigation against him. For, for taking like half of a picture of the Pope. Yeah, the, because it was going to be like such Historical. an iconic, iconic well, thing. Well, it's got to be in some museum yeah, or and something. It wasn't yeah, and it wasn't his property to have. It was like oh, whatever. Wow. I, he talks about it on Fly on a Wall. Wow. And um, I thought that that was really, well, really super listen, interesting. Folks. Yeah, so that's a good really Really cool. So if you like Saturday Night Live, listen to um, Fly on the Wall with David Spade. Way to come um, back with something. That was Dana cool. Carvey. Leak. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh, good timing. That was yeah. like a minute and one second. Yeah. And uh, informative. Did not know that. That's Thank you cool. for taking charge Once of the again. Witch Witch Minute, as the bad witches want to do. More news from you. From the people at Good Witch, Bad Witch. <laughs> exactly. Did we mention we're a, a local news podcast? Did we mention we have An a trophy for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's mention cool. that. Yes. You guys, thank you for listening again to this. Don't forget to join Patreon. Um, as you've probably seen, we're giving away, not giving away, but we're getting given some of our you merchandise. Up, you get goodies. Yeah, for um, lot like 25% off of what retail would be. If you're a Patreon member, we're going to be doing a lot more of that. We're getting new merch with our new logo on it pretty soon so uh, check it out join Patreon so you can see all the funny videos we have a video up uh, that will be up of Daryl shooting a gun out of his butt. It's very, very interesting. <laughs> it was a shitty gun range I went to. <laughs> oh, dear. So check that out. Yeah, there's lots of extra content and contests and everything. But you don't have to be a Patreon to uh, give us your input. If you go to the Facebook group, it's the Good Witch, Bad Witch Facebook group, um, and become a member. Member? Member. member. You yeah. member. Um, we want your input we want feedback we want ideas for shows we want your opinions we want mostly accolades just yes. say that we're great and that we're pretty and sometimes chocolate yeah that's fine Ice and that the camera does add 10 pounds right. we look really good in real life mm-hmm. and we would really like somebody else besides our good friend shannon edwards who loves us to also give us some input yeah, God, absolutely. I bless her. Yeah, she's we love hearing from shannon yeah and amanda we love you too thank yes. you so much all right well thanks for coming down today and joining us in the studio and uh, i guess i want you to stay witchy my friend yeah and stay bitchy
No, you. 